Girl Brunch. My name is Yvonne. And I'm Sabria. And thank you so much for tuning in to another fun-filled episode of Black Girl Brizzy. Mm. <laughs> I'm about to say, you want to start over for that bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to start over because I'm OCD and I heard a little bit of uh, Eric's uh, mic feedback. Oh, I didn't hear that. Um, which is, I probably need my ears clear, cleared out because I've been having trouble hearing for the past few days. Um, yeah, and I've been having trouble not hearing. I've been hearing every single thing. I've been hearing and smelling everything. I feel I mean, like this that's is not new. Well, the smelling, I you know, I always got a keen sense of smell, but hearing, that's new. I think it's because my eyesight is getting worse. Mm. which is um something that I'll address at another point in time but yeah my I just realized that without my glasses I really can't see anything and I'm like is that why my hearing and sense of smell are becoming so strong that could be it I really am a firm believer in that yeah because my sense of smell like I really can't be in the same room anymore with anything I if I don't like the smell I gotta leave I can't be around it. It gives me such a bad headache. Well, you would have hated to around me today. <laughs> wow. Um, I thought <laughs> that this somebody um, I know has a fragrance allergy, and I want to get tested to see if I have the same thing because also perfume is starting to bother me. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, my gosh. Some I was in the back of a freaking Uber, and this man had some kind of cologne. I don't know what it is. When I tell y'all my stomach was on angles, tangles, rectangles, like, I could have hurled in the back of that car. <laughs> it was so bad. I get instantly angry if you come near me smelling too strong because it's just childish to me. It to is. a bunch of perfume or cologne. You just need a little bit. And it's so elementary. Like, me, personally, like, if I put perfume on... I put it on before I get to the location, and then if it's sti- like what sticks, it's sti- I'm not keep on. I'm not going to keep on applying and being like. And I don't wear perfume on the days that I go to the gym. Yeah, I, so I have this body mist, right? I, there is by the brand that makes the bum bum cream. I forget the name of it. It smells so Jesus. good. So my cousin gave me this tip that she like puts it in her hair. Like she sprays a little bit of it in her hair. Oh. And like, I was like, oh, that's a nice way to like give your hair. It's like a very light mist. So you give your hair like this little coconutty smell. Oh, so cool. I'll do a little on my hair, a little on my person. And then I'm like, that's it. Like, I don't want to smell like the bottle. Just like two to three mists for my entire body is what I need. And then for perfume... I do even less. I put a little on my wrist and then I rub thing like rub my wrist on different areas because I want, I want when you give me a hug to smell my perfume and mm-hmm. I want if you to sit real close to me to be able to smell it. Mm-hmm. I don't want when I enter the room, the room to then smell like my perfume. That is too much. And it's rude. That makes people sick. Like you could be in a room with somebody who really can't take the smell. And like, what can they say to you? You won't always seem rude telling somebody like, can you like you got too much perfume on? Yeah, because I had to. Um, So I'm very. Um, Wait, hold up. What? Sorry. Scent, speaking of scent, scent bird just asked me what you thought of our la- your latest uh fragrance. I didn't even get the fragrance. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho. Um, 
I am, what made me be more aware of that is when I worked at the haunted house. It's so funny because I worked at the haunted house. I'm like, I learned a lot. One of the things was that they always told us to avoid putting on perfume there. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I think that was the thing. I forgot what gym I was at, that that was a thing. Maybe it was Planet Fitness. And I'm like, so I have always been conscious of how I spray my perfume. Because I'm like, first of all, why the fuck are you putting? Because I saw somebody do a get ready with me. They're like self-care and they go into the gym and they spray all this perfume. I'm like, I would be so pissed off being next to that person. Yeah. Because your body, when you're working out stuff, it already like, stuff like I feel like enhances things and I'm like so now you're gonna be in here smelling like sweet sweat and whatever else I'm like come on y'all taking that self care shit too far (laughs) yeah you taking that girly shit too far you taking that girly shit too far and I'm somebody that (coughs) I'm all for it but I'm like y'all starting to draw now big time (coughs) big time so um, another place not to wear it real quick if anybody listen an uh, interview it's, it can really yes. really turn mm-hmm. people off it can really turn people mm-hmm. off like I think save it for the dates and the girls nights and even then keep it to a minimum mm-hmm. but um, now that we you know got into a few housekeeping rules um, <laughs> let's get into the phase four so y'all guess who's going to under the sea next weekend or next week. Me Not, it's Monday. Yeah. It's going to yes. be here. It's on Monday, y'all. We're going to see the Little Mermaid. So here's the thing. We are sharing it right now. Because y'all know when we come back on Tuesday, it's going to be mad spoiler alerts. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is your call to action to go <laughs> watch the movie. <laughs> This no, and it's funny. We're not gonna even get. We're not getting paid by in Disney, but I don't want to feel bad for talking about it so soon. So I'm letting you, we letting y'all know. Not this is your call to action. This is your call to action to go watch it so you can participate and reflect with us. And I'm sorry, and if you just don't have the time to do so because we get busy, then you have missed your time frame. <laughs> you can skip it. And then come back when you have watched it. Yeah, but I feel like in the past, we haven't said anything. We just went and watched it. And then, like, spoiler alert. This uh, I was, I've been thinking about this all day. I was like, I'm going to say I something. I know. I was so happy. And I feel like a freak at work because I keep on humming to myself and being like, ah, I'm going to see the little mermaid. I know. I know. And I don't really want to talk about it with people who are not Disney adults because I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> That's the thing. If you're not a Disney adult, you don't exist to me, to be honest. Like, your opinions, your thoughts, they don't exist. I feel like I got Sabria to talk about it with, and I got my little cousins to talk about it with, and I got all the girls on my Twitter who and Instagram who engage with me every time I post Holly. I just feel like that's all I need, you know? So I haven't, I've been excited, but I feel like I haven't really been able to talk to anybody outside of you about it, which is fine, mm-hmm. because I'm like... I, I don't know, but because of The Little Mermaid, we have decided that our fave for this week is going to be what, Sabria? Our, what mythical creatures we would like to be. Oh. I I'm sorry. Know. Our favorite. Sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. I made it and I fucked up. Wait. Your four favorite <laughs> mythical creatures in honor The Little Mermaid. I'm so sorry, y'all. I was like, wait, it's the ones we want to turn into? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I fucked up, y'all. I fucked up. 
and I know how Iman like to follow the rules, so I'm so sorry. I scared you. I'm when I share with you my list, you'll know why I started panicking. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be this. <laughs> Be this. I don't want to turn into this. <laughs> oh God! All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. I had a long day. Um. So, coming out strong. This is one of my favorite. This is so funny. I'm gonna say I always got a story, but I am no ma- I love the Little Mermaid because Ariel is my one of my favorite Disney princess. She's in my top three. Is Ariel, Mulan, Pocahontas, boom, boom, boom. But anyway, I'm not the biggest fan of mermaids outside of that, but I love sirens. What's the and difference? No, si- sirens are like the evil version. They're the Ooh. ones who have you, uh, well, there were sirens in Peter Pan. They like sing beautiful songs and they get, they track, they would track like sailors. Because they had beautiful voices and they were beautiful, and at the top they look like beautiful women, and then at the bottom they'll be mermaids or they'll sometimes I don't really like. It was in um I don't know why I'm forgetting the name of the show, but it's a vampire show. I love it. I don't know why I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, but sometimes the their bottom half can be a bird, mm. so they have like a beautiful top path and a beautiful voice but their vo- their voice is very beautiful that's how they get um like they track um men but yeah i love sirens so much um it's just such an interesting concept to me um and they're usually um they're usually seen as evil since okay. they are manipulative <laughs> um <laughs> but um, i understand but uh <laughs> sirens and then my next one is fairies i freaking love fairies so much like fairies are so cute as a concept um and i just love how they have um like just a secret society um that we can't see that's very interesting to me um and i I do like to believe that fairies are real um yeah i feel like there's a secret society in a flower and that's another thing i love like they'll like they live in like flowers or like um like how tinkerbell is like a tinkerer like that's her thing like she makes stuff out of like bottle caps and like all this stuff like i just love it i love it i think it's just so cute i love fairies so much um then the next one um totally on brand for me scary as hell um a ghoul i love i love continue i love ghouls um ghouls and goblins like stuff like that i think it's so i hate goblins (laughs) no goblins i don't really like because they annoying but ghouls i like um because y'all know i like spooky ooky ooky stuff so like i just love ghouls but also the way i like ghouls is like if they're pretty like like lily Munster is 
a ghoul and she's beautiful like i like that like <laughs> okay i get you i get you um so yeah also like i'm such a like i love being a girl so picture picture everything i'm saying on this list is like girly 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 like <laughs> i'm saying it even the ghoul like i'm thinking of the the girliest ghoul um the last but not least is a dragon Woo! i freaking love dragons i wish they were real if dragons were real i would definitely well komodo dragons but um i don't like those ones um the people have komodo dragons as pets um but yeah if dragons were real i would definitely be like daenerys but like i freaking love dragons like i think they're such they're so cool as a concept i love them because they're like reptilian and i love the scales and most of all they freaking breathe fire But yeah, that's my that's my also like I'm thinking of in my head the dragon from Shrek. She had lashes. <laughs> I love it. Yes, she was she was definitely beautiful. She was like I I feel like more justice for her. <laughs> but yeah, that well, was she she got her. She had a man. She got with Dunky. She definitely. But that was like mm, I don't like it. <laughs> was, was there consent? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Like, that made me feel so... When I was a kid, that made me feel so nauseous. She was like, she ain't mine. Um, but anyway... <laughs> that was four? Yeah, that was four. All right, perfect. So, mermaids are at the top of my list. I love mermaids. Like, I know it's unoriginal because Little Mermaid inspired this, but, like, mermaids have always been my favorite if i was like when i was a kid if it had a mermaid in it my eyes would be locked and why because i always thought that mermaids were like goddesses like mm-hmm. always thought that they were just above they could, they were beautiful they could sing but also felt like they were fierce as well like they could like fight and like help with things also you got mermaid energy Oh, uh, thank you that that is like one of the biggest compliments i've ever heard like so it I makes just, sense I just loved watching, like, uh, first of all, remember Little Mermaid had, like, a series when we were younger? Yes, I do remember that. I freaking love Ariel, okay? I I love, like, uh, that they could, like, the idea that there was a secret world under the sea. Yes, yes, yes. It was just, like, you know, a community. It was a castle. Um, It was, I love that their hair was always beautiful and long behind them. I love that their tail was sparkly. I love that. This is so childish, but I love that their bras were made of shells. So like when I was a kid. Cute. It just was like so like feminine and just fun, but also something that was really strong about being a mermaid. Like I feel mm-hmm. like if I was a mythical creature, I would absolutely be a mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, next on my list is also fairy because I love fairies. I feel like you got fairy energy too. You look Thank like a fairy. You. Thank you so much, Sharia. I really You're love welcome. fairy. And when I thought about fairy, I thought about a pixie. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like a fairy that just has like the type of energy that when they fly, um, like sparkles come behind mm-hmm. them. Like a winx. So, like 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 you know, like a winx uh type of character. So or cute. um like even Thumbelina. Like I loved 
when I was a kid and you would see something with a fairy and they lived with like frogs and birds and like in a mossy area and I even like Maleficent type fairies as yeah, well yeah. like you know even though like you know she was like a full grown like person I loved it <laughs> next is unicorn I knew you was going to say that you are the biggest unicorn like I just feel like you are over I know people are like damn she dick eating hard but no for real like you <laughs> They're probably like, damn, let her finish. <laughs> yeah, like, God damn. No, it's because you know. Yeah, you get it. Like, you y'all, know. like, y'all had to be there. Like, Iman is such a unicorn. Thank you. Yo, I love, first of all, it's like the strength of a horse, but it's like the beauty and, like, magic of a pixie mm-hmm. with the horn in front. I just yep. feel like. You got it. Like, what is it about unicorns that unlocks such, like, whimsical feelings inside of me i don't know but i just think that unicorns are just so beautiful so strong and like when i was a kid it would hurt my feelings to believe they weren't real that's how much i love unicorns the way I'm, i, I believe don't even want to think i don't want to hear it i don't even want to think about them not being real so <clears> i just i, I don't even want to talk about it with anyone like i would i hate it when people used to tell me unicorns aren't real like i don't you don't, I, I wanted to be like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I could not wrap my head around it as a kid even. Because <laughs> I was like, how? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean it's not real? <laughs> it's just, yes, it is. Like, it's real, you know? So I, I really hated that. And I just don't, mm-mm. They're real to me. Like, they're very real to me. Yeah, I didn't get it when people were saying it. Like, yes. how do you know? How do you know that that's true? And you know what? I'm going to pause because I was going to say a dragon just because of Game of Thrones. But I'm going to stop and say elves because I thought about elves. And I really do like them. Like, in every movie, the elves are helpful. I was just about to say that they're so helpful. They're so helpful. They're so nice. They're so chipper. And, um, help, like, they're just always helpful. And it doesn't matter if it's, like, a elf in, like, Chronicles of Narnia or if it's an elf in, like, a movie about Santa Claus or something like that. Or if it's, like, an elf in just a random forest. They're always willing to help. I, mm-hmm. I forget that thing from Chronicle of Narnia. It's kind of like an elf at the top but like, a horse or something at the bottom. A centaur? No, I don't think they were centaurs because centaurs are bigger. I don't know. It was kind of small. Cause yeah, looked, they were small. I know exactly. I see them in my head. had a sweater? I mean, it had a, uh, what's the thing, a scarf on? Yeah. But yeah, I'm I, really, looking it I up. really fucked with him. Like, he was cool. So, <laughs> I, I, must, <laughs> I really enjoyed him. So, I'm going to say elves. Yeah, he looked like, um, what's the, what's that rapper name? Huh? That Jack rapper. Harlow? Yes. Yep. Hot now. It was the curls. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was the curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, y'all, that's the fade for. Let us, you know, tag us on the Twitter or one of a those. Fawn. A I like them too. That's what they were. Yes. And they were fawns. I like that. That was cool. Um, and I, I feel like they also are like in the L family a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was real like, you know, they always looking out, you know, they always looking out for the cookout. And I appreciate that. So shout out to the, to our L fam out there. Um, but yes, y'all, that's our fave for it. Make sure you let us know um, your faves. And we 
want to just, you know, mosey on into Toast for Sis. Shout out to Holly Bailey, man. Legend, legend, not even legend in the making. Like, I'm, I've never been so proud of a young girl in my life. Like, she is having her moment right now. Also, she got, like, such a face that I just want to stare at. I'm just like, oh. Gorgeous, beautiful. She definitely gives me young Janet Jackson, but like back when she was on Good Times vibes with yeah. like her smile sometimes. She is giving Penny. I also feel like she is handling this fame in such like in a such a graceful way. Like she she's really handling is. it in such a graceful way. Like this is so much work that she's doing. Like from making the movie to the press tour to then finding out that she's also going to be in the color purple tees. We'll talk about that later. It's like, this girl is working so hard. She is so talented. And I really do feel like I want her. I don't know if she wants this, but I want her to be the Holly Berry of our generation. I want her to go there. I want her to start in these movies and just be a star. Same. I agree. And she already got that star quality. Easy. She has it easy. She has it easy. And it's just like the... Like, some singers, like, it's like you were better off as an actor because you barely can sing. But no, my girl, she can sing. Like, she can really, really sing and really, really act. And I'm just, I can't wait to see her in The Little Mermaid. Like, I really cannot. And also, I love all her gowns for every premiere that she showed yeah, up to. Oh, like, she ate. <laughs> very much. Very much so. So, shout out to Holly Bailey. So proud. Black Girl Magic. Purr. Purr! Alright, let's get into tea time. Good burger, too. Um, <laughs> Why would you ever say it like that? I just didn't know we needed it. And if we did, it should have been It really should have been two decades ago that we got this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like that shit is funny because honestly, I I said honestly, so I was about to um so I was looking into doing like a a spec script for Nickelodeon and a Nickelodeon show. So I was watching some Nickelodeon show. I forgot what it was called, and Kel is on it. But he's still funny. Like, it also sometimes, I'm sorry, it still gets me um, that stupid, like, Nickelodeon humor. Like, I still love it. <laughs> I Nickelodeon, still what? Nickelodeon was funny when we was kids. Like, I remember it's when still I watched making me laugh. I haven't watched it in a while, but I can believe it because when I was a kid watching Nickelodeon, my mom used to be cracking up at all that. Like, and they were kids. They were kids, but, like, I remember the adults in my family thought it was really, really funny, like, when it was on. So, I, even, like, as we were in high school and stuff, things like I, Carly, like, you know, they, it was funny. You know, a lot of the shows and stuff that was on air, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Like, I don't even know what's on Nickelodeon right now. Um... Sorry, I was about to be like the Thundermans, but <laughs> Loud House. Sorry, but like, uh, since the only reason why I know is because I was looking into writing. Right, you were doing your research, so yeah. you knew what was on there. But I hope I'm happy that like, uh, Kel is still funny. Uh, we both we know Keenan is still funny. Um, even though and- seeing him dressed up as his character kind of scared me. I ain't even gonna hold you. 
Yeah, it was. I was like, huh? For, the thing is, like, I had seen it earlier today, and I think I immediately repressed it because when I saw it again, I was like, wait, that was real? Like, <laughs> I saw it like out the corner of my eye on Twitter. Like, I zoomed by it, and I was like, hmm. Also, I am just, I like, I'm so proud of Keenan. Like, I don't have any, I don't know anything about his personal life. I don't want to. I don't know anything about things that he said, and I like to keep it that way. All I know that he is thriving, and that makes me happy. And he has, like, some super comedic delivery. Like, I feel like his delivery is so hilarious. It gets me every single time. Yeah, and even when, like, I just, like, I just like to see somebody who (laughs) did so much in my childhood just win, because I know being a child actor is not easy, and that, that has been, like, is turned <coughs> into like a bad thing for some people, but I'm so happy that he was able to like thrive, you know, past it. Definitely, definitely. Um, but it's been over 25 years <laughs> since that movie. That's wild. So it's also, just like throwback to when I was watching Good Burger with a man that I was dating, and he thought it was based on a true story. What? Come on. What? Yeah. He was like, for real? They really did that? I was like, yo. (laughs) What did he think? Never mind. All right. I'm out of here. So I just want to know what Good Burger 2 is going to be about. Like, it's not that. That's why I think it's hard for me to have feelings about Good Burger 2 because I feel. I feel like the end happened. Mondo Burger was taken down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what could happen 25 years later? <laughs> yeah. But then that also could mean you got to watch it and see. And it could be really, really, you know, just as good, mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Because there's so much opportunity to see what they're going to do with, like, Ed. And I forget Keenan's character because Ed, come on. Ed mm-hmm. was it. Mm-hmm. And that movie was just so random when you really think about it from the beginning <laughs> to the end. Remember they got put into like, remember they got institutionalized? <laughs> then they had to break out by dancing oh through a God. dance party. <laughs> Carmen Electra was in the movie. Oh my Way God. too old. They Ed. <laughs> They went golfing, oh and God. he fucked her up bad. He just <laughs> ruined her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was them getting institutionalized for me. That movie was random as hell. They said, oh. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> And the oh funniest thing to me was um, freaking Kenan. Like doing this dance move where he was like dancing, but he was like hitting people in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, wasn't there a dog in the movie? (laughs) It had to be. It had to be. Mark was a Marcus Houston in that movie. (laughs) Like that movie was just insane. Yeah. Then the music cuts were like kind of random. I think Keenan and they dressed as old ladies at one point. Like it's just. That movie was bonkers. And I'm like, how could you sit here and think this is based on a true story? That's what I'm saying. What part about this felt real? Like, it wasn't even linear storytelling for you to think it was like... I mean, but the person that it was, you could just tell. 
I'm gonna take a guess off air, but I think I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Did they have a blockhead? Yes, they did. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Cube head ass nigga. No wonder. Um, all right. Okay, so we're, you know, we're staying in the Black Busters realm. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the remakes. <laughs> we went through the Black Little Mermaid, Good Burger Part 2. Now let's take it to Sealy, okay? So, y'all, the Color Purple musical is happening, and it is star-studded. Star-studded. So Oprah is bringing it to us. One thing about Oprah she loves the color purple. She loves, and you know what? I love that because she like this was my shit. Like she like <laughs> like this is this shit really. She like this is what made me who I am, and I love because I feel like a lot of people be turning their back on what made them a star, or they'll like downplay Oprah. Like no, we about to blow this shit up. We about to make it bigger. No, we're gonna elevate it. We're gonna keep on going. Alice Walker wrote that book, and when Oprah got her hand on it, I picture when she closed it, one <laughs> single tear came out of her eye, and she just sat there in silence. Because the thing, all right, I listen to Oprah's Super Soul conversations a lot. This is no secret. And Oprah's, <sighs> Oprah loves reading, okay? She loves books. I think that books might have saved her when she was younger. And yeah. she just has this like true love for not just books, but black women writers. Hence why my and she wouldn't like my grandma says she always was picking with Maya Angelou. Why she loved Toni Morrison so much and why she loves the color purple. So it's like one, she likes books. Two, like you said, that should put her on the mat. Three, it's about black women, sisterhood, triumphing through struggle, like getting on the other side of it. And I feel like Oprah is never gonna turn her back on the color purple. Like mm -hmm. she literally is on Instagram like so what y'all wearing to the premiere so when we go to support the movie assuming that we all like the color purple you have to wear purple and let me tell you <laughs> i am so excited that these all these movies are requiring me to get dressed up like it was so fun doing that for you know black panther um for the barbie movie i want to get dressed up for the little mermaid i want to do mermaid makeup for um oh i didn't think about an outfit for good burger what am i do get a, a braided bob i don't know but <laughs> It's nice to like get excited. Like, oh, when I go see the color purple, I'm gonna wear something purple. Like, this is to me exciting. It th this is what's gonna get people back in the theaters. Yes, it is, and I love that. Um, I, um, at first I was like, man, I don't want to see the color purple because I like the original so much. Mm -hmm. But then I saw like the 15 second, like I said, 15 second. Why am I talking like this? <laughs> Kermit the Frog? Is that you? Ooh, passionate as hell. <laughs> I saw the 15 minute like <laughs> teaser trailer and it just looked like cinematic as hell. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. Also, learned a lot today. <laughs> Did not know. First of all, we knew that Spike Lee was a hater. <laughs> like, we knew. <laughs> but I didn't know that he hated on the color purple so bad that in response to it, he made She Gotta Have It. Which, which I've is never horrible. I never seen that movie, but I seen the movie in the show. The show was good. The movie was odd. Like the movie was so 
it was, I think he was trying to be edgy and, you know, have, let me just say this. There was this one guy that I'm like, was that a consensual sexual experience between these two people? And I felt like, I feel like that a lot of times when I watch movies about women written by men, yeah. you know, it's like, it's always an interaction that I'm like, that would have ruined that relationship for me. Like if this yeah. encounter happened. So there was this one part and she's got to have it that felt that way to me. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make myself like it. Cause I, I watched the show first mm-hmm. and then I went back to watch the movie cause it was on Netflix. And I felt like, Oh, this is exciting to watch the show, a movie now that the show's over. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel it. Like I just did not feel like the movie at all. And I actually saw, um, Shout out to Chanel, our cousin, Chanel number nine. (laughs) She literally said the same thing. She was like, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So I'm like, the fact that you decided to make that in response to a masterpiece is actually a joke. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know that that's what it was um, because he didn't like how it painted black men. But I'm like, what's what's his name? Sir in the movie, right? Hmm. Danny Glover. Oh, yeah, it's Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. He, that, it, it really was men like that. So, yeah. I'm like, if you're mad about the portrayal, you need to have a meeting with black men and tell them to stop. <laughs> because that's... No, have a meeting with your grandpa. Yeah, like, because that's really what it was. So, I don't get what was far-fetched. Like, are you that in denial that you, like, whatever? But, um, then also, some people were saying... so he didn't like how the way black men were painted, so he made a movie about... A woman uh, is playing three different black men at once. Yeah, that okay. that does make sense. Okay. Um, and then um, what else? What the fuck was I about to say? Um, yeah. Then some people think that the color purple was about slavery, and I'm like, huh? No, it definitely was about a woman who was abused and oppressed. And yeah, I'm like, that, I understand just... how we can say we tired of those stories. We're tired of that. But I'm like, y'all didn't watch the full movie. Because if you watch the full movie, you come alive at yeah. the end. Because, uh, okay, Whoopi shut that shit down. Miss Sealy took, put them two fingers out and pointed them. <laughs> she said, yeah, <laughs> you will not. I want to do that to somebody. I want Whoa! them to be about to hit me and put my fingers out and they stop right in their fucking tracks. <laughs> <laughs> she stiffed them fingers out and looked at him. What did and she like, say? Until you do good by me. Some shit, some powerful like, shit. everything like, is going to come back. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. My dad be saying it. But, yeah, um, until, <laughs> wait, I got to look up that line because she put them but, fingers out. Also, I'm like, y'all never did the hand game with y'all friends? I guess you and it was it was it was a story of just like ups and downs and separation and abuse and how like one black woman's healing came from other black women because if you look from beginning to end um a black a black woman healing came from her sister right i think her sister's name was like nettie who will be played by holly bailey and Mm -hmm. seely Older Seely will be played by Fantasia. I'm sorry, I don't remember who younger Seely is right now. But once, for once, they got the fucking casting right with Seely. And I'm so happy about that. So her sister saves Seely. But then you look and like Suge Avery, who was first a menace, also bought uh, Seely alive. And then also Sophia 
also helped to protect Sealy. So it's like, this is what our grandparents went through. This is what our, like I have a grandma who grew up in the South, right? Shit was not easy. It wasn't easy at all. So I just feel like stories like this can at least give some power back to women. And I, it's just, I love it. It's a classic. And I'm not ashamed for liking classic black stuff. It was, it was, a, it's a great story from end to end. And I'm excited to see it. It's a lot of classic black movies that I don't like, but I like, I'm not gonna lie, but I really <laughs> I really like the color purple. I'm like I said, y'all never did the hand game. Like y'all don't have y'all don't have uh Suge Avery jokes in your house. Like I don't know. Yeah, like come on. It's just it, the color purple is so iconic that I didn't even know how many quotes that came from the color purple until I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, this is from that movie. I mean, I hadn't watched it in a while, but that shit is long. <laughs> it is very long. Last time I watched it, I was probably in, like, college or something. But you know a movie I will never watch again? Beloved. Now, that movie oh, to me was just no. too much. Y'all can much. keep that. Don't the remake first, that. The first five minutes, I was sick. Y'all can keep that. That was just nuts Y'all to me. can keep that. That movie was scary. It was just, it was just, I don't get it. But you know what? It was scary as hell. Oprah don't talk about that movie. She don't. She don't be talking about that one. That? Oh, my gosh. And I saw that as a kid. All I remember was, I forgot who was this girl. She was naked. Was it Lisa? Thandy Newton. Thandy Newton. She was naked on a porch. Yeah, Thandy Newton. Um, and also Kimberly Elise was in the movie. That scared me. Yeah, I don't know why they had Sandy Newton acting nuts like that, but I'm just... I just, all I remember was that her standing on that porch bucket naked. Yeah, and um, the way she was talking. And that scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It just scared me too. I think I had nightmares. It, I did too. I think I had nightmares. That was really nuts. Um, Okay, making a pivot here. Not a black, not black cinema, but I watched this movie called The Sun on Netflix. It was starring Hugh Jackman. Of course. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! How was that? Of course. I'm not explaining that. <laughs> so, Rick, can you watch it? I, I know. The thing is, I kind of want. I wish I could watch it with you. Because I know when Sabria is going to cry from watching a movie. I Will know you it. Stop it. I know. And I'm sick. She'll be crying and I'll be smiling. I'm like, yay, she thought it was good. <laughs> well, you got to watch this movie called A Man Named Otto. I do want to watch it. Um, but Tom Hanks. Yes. Why? So I had just came from, I, I think oh, that was, it was the week that I did soccer myself. And then I went, got some oh, ice yeah, cream. I remember that week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got ice cream. And I came back home, and first of all, every time my mom pick a movie to watch with my dad, it's always, like, <laughs> murder and mayhem. And then, like, when me and my... Because, like, every time... And me and my mom always be watching, like, Psycho Killer. Like, we be watching stuff like that, but my mom always, like... Like, say it's a movie with, like, Sandra Bullock in the basement. She on the phone. Like, my mom does... If that's the movie, she's going to pick that. She's going to pick a thriller. It's going to be a woman sweating fighting for her life <laughs> anyway um so i was shocked to see that movie on i'm like she picked this because I, I was like who picked this movie and my dad was like yeah ma i was like what he was like i know right so 
it was one of the movies that like you can just get into like i'm just like i'm tired and i'm like dang wait i really want to see this child the way we all was crying down here at the end of that movie all me my mom dad we was all crying i was like well damn i know and like this is gonna sound so i'm like i don't want to sound like a douchebag but so in film school they taught us that so you ever watch a movie and like the main like a character will die in like the first 15 minutes and you don't really feel connected yeah so it's because you don't know anything about them. Like it's not, like you don't know their story. You didn't build a connection with them, with the character. So sometimes when I'm watching a movie, I'll think about that. And in my mind, I'll be thinking about it from a technical standpoint. And I'm like, I don't know this character. I have not built a relationship with them. So I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll like, it'll be a sad movie or something like that, but I just won't feel i'll just be like oh that happened because i don't have a connection with the character Mm -hmm. but i miss like the first 10 minutes of the movie but i still at the by the end of the movie i was boohoo crying because Mm. it was so good and it's a remake of a is this it was a swedish movie but it's a remake and it's it's um based in pittsburgh it's some tom hanks so it is uh, i know that's why i said i was crying i said iman gonna like this movie um Alright, so we gonna swap. <laughs> you gonna watch your son, man. This movie was, to me, this movie made me rethink parenthood. Okay, it made me rethink parenthood because you may get a child who just struggles in a way that you may not be able to help them, and that's a big fear of mine. So I'm gonna pause there, but it's just a movie about uh, like how sometimes you can we just really do misunderstand what the people we love are going through and that that took and, and you know what else i liked about this movie is that the dialogue caught me and it's really hard to do that in 2023 because we have so many distractions we got our phones we have this we have yeah that. that's another thing i was it's, into that movie and i like didn't even look at my phone like it was a hit but this movie i'm like why am i so attached to what they're saying i think they enhanced the audio because everyone's voice sound really clear and dramatic to the point where they almost sound like cartoons or something. Like, I know that, like, mm-hmm. when you're watching it, let me know if you agree. But their voices are very clear. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, Father, please let me get out. Like, it's just like something very clear about their voice that I'm, I haven't done any digging. But I've, I'd, be, I'd be willing to bet money. <coughs> That the director made this choice on purpose because the di- it, it, the dialogue is what went on in this movie. And I really like when people do that. Like, they don't change the setting, so they make you focus in this other way. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's not a lot of action going on, so they focus on this other way. I feel like that's, like, true, like, craft- craftsmanship when it comes to, like, making a movie. So, mm-hmm. I'll pause there and let y'all watch it. Um... And, like, we're going to get into the sunken place real quick because we have a pretty hefty common sense. So we're going to just, you know, talk some shit real quick for the sunken place. So, Sabrina, I'm going to let you take it away. So, the sunken place. (laughs) Why did I say it like that? (laughs) So, I have been noticing as I get older. um, Oh, no, sorry. I deleted that one. So... This sunken place is people who have no backbone when it comes to supporting abusers. So, this was inspired by, not going to say any names, but a certain female celebrity 
went to um, Chris Brown's birthday party. Um, and there was an altercation there. Um, and Chris Brown is a repeat offender of is abuser. So he's always going to be because he's a, a repeat offender. That's just him. Um, and you're a woman. You go to this party. And to me, going to that party means you support this person. Like, am I nuts? You support this person. And then they, their behavior, their abusive behavior comes out and it's now on you. And now it's like, you know, then there's an altercation between Chris Brown and Usher. But, um, question mark. (laughs) But yeah, so it's like, um, I don't like when people can't stand in something and just be like, I don't care if you pop in or this what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right the thing is yes Brianna forgave him but this man is a repeat offender like repeat offender and that's what be the big thing for yeah. me and it's been a lot of women that have continued to little make little songs with them yeah um and I feel like we get on some women for like supporting Chris Brown but we don't get on all women like it's like people were mad about Kelly Rowland because she was like asking people to stop booing, but like nobody said nothing to her. And I feel like H E R, you know, and I just feel like she made a song with him and she was like saying how excited she was to do it. And I feel like some people get like, they don't get held to the same standards. I think Ella May was saying she would be excited to work with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, What's her name? Uh, I know Seven Streeter was like, that's my bro back in the day a yeah. lot. And I'm like, y'all, especially, especially you dark-skinned women, mm-hmm. he will never go to bed for you. And I don't want to make this conversation just about Chris Brown. It's a lot of yeah, women. Yeah, because that was just an example, but it is a yeah, lot yeah, of people. I could, tell, I could see myself like just making it about him and losing the bigger picture. Like mm-hmm. All that that we said about him still stands. But mm-hmm. I just feel like there, it's a lot of people who literally will find out that somebody was an abuser and that will not change in the way that they work with this person at all. Mm-hmm. I got one time to find out that you're an abuser and, and truly believe it. Because another problem that we have in 2023 is that folks are saying everything is abusive. And I think, I think we need to really pump the brakes on that. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown, 100% abuser. Right? Yeah. Come on. 100%. 100%. No questions asked. But when somebody do something you don't like, that is not abusive. Yeah, no. When somebody hurts your feelings, that is not abusive. Mm-hmm. When somebody was mean to you, that alone isn't abusive. Abuse is like categorized as like, cons- like almost like a consistent or not even not even even if it was done one time, it's, it's like a cross of a social norm boundary. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, of course, every individual is going to define what abuse. But if we don't create a threshold, we can label anybody abuser for for you know for, for breaking our hearts. There have been guys who have ghosted me. I'm not gonna go ahead on and say that they're abusive, because that's not true. You know. So I. But if someone brings it to my attention. To me and Sabrina's attention, that photographer um, made me feel uncomfortable. That photographer asked me to pose nude, and when I didn't do it, he got angry with me and made me feel so uncomfortable that in the moment I thought he was going to harm me. Mm-hmm. 
photo shoot canceled. <laughs> yeah, you're I done. don't care what is at risk. I don't care if it's for a Vogue magazine shoot. Now, I have been known to start trouble. So it's like I don't I just don't see how people <coughs> who hold the power and the influence <coughs> decide to to be quiet. Like I know it's exhausting being a person that stands up for what w- um what's right. Like my girlfriend Mia said the other day, hypervigilance is exhausting. It's but, so exhausting. But the right thing is the right thing, and nothing will ever be worse than being abused by someone, sharing it, and then watching no one care. I don't care how uh, exhausting uh being hypervigilant is. You got to think about what the, what it looks like to the victim on the other end. Yeah, and when people are a threat to women and children, I'm like, because I grew up with, like, that's who we're supposed to protect, you know, women and children. And when people are, like, for instance, like, verbally, if people have said something that could be detrimental to the well-being of children, um, that, to me, grounds for, like, mm, I can't get jiggy with you. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. <sighs> so, again, we're going to stop supporting abusers in uh, 2023. And yeah. I just, okay, one more sun complaints really quick. I know we said it last week. Y'all, talk, stop talk asking shit, people if they're pregnant. Please. I have been asked if I'm pregnant recently for the second time now. Are you serious? Yes. For the second time, it just happened. You didn't tell me that. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I'm not. And if I, and like if I was, I would be keeping it a secret for a reason. But I'm what? not. And like I, th- I am actively working out <laughs> and, and taking solid core and in a calorie deficit. So it's like asking me if I'm pregnant is so irritating. Because I don't think I look pregnant. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to tell me who X said. Cause that okay. is. I'm about to send it to you. I just feel like what am I that like? It's so weird. My story picture. It's my ex me how I was pregnant. I'm like, huh? You don't ask people that. Like, well, I I remember my mom told me that when I was a kid. Like, the thing is, you're not even supposed to ask, like, if a woman is crowning. Yes. You don't ask that. Stop asking. It's never okay, even if you think. It's not. Yeah, and you don't ask people. Like, I grew up with, um, you don't ask, like, women their age or are they pregnant? That's it. That part. So, just had to sneak that up real quick. You ain't send it to me. Yes. Um. So, for common senses, right? You might send it to me. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) y'all. So, for common senses, right, um, we've had uh, a bruncher reach out to us, and I'm following your name right now because I was just knocked off my rocker a little bit, right? Um, All right. Anu, thank you so much, and please let me know if I'm pronouncing your name right, Anu. Uh, Anu is a a bruncher and claims to have listened to our show like every episode more than once, which I'm just like, huh? That is so, wow. Thank you. That is a lot of time you've spent like dedicating to us. Thank you, Pookie. We appreciate you so much for that. 
So Anu wrote us and was saying, I have the most insane idea, um, but I would really like if you and um, Sabria uh, gave some advice on um, like uh, how to like how to create for small black creators. So I was like, oh, hey, that could be a really, really great show. Like we can cover it. What are some specific questions that you had? And I feel like Anu's questions were great. So we're just going to go through them and answer and hopefully these questions are helpful to like uh, some of you as well. So the first question coming in hot, how do you guys deal with hating ass niggas? Um, I am a fire sign and delusional. So I really don't like pay attention to it. I really don't. And I don't internalize it. Like we have gotten bad comments. Like um, somebody said like, that we curse too much or something like that. And I just wrote it off like, oh, we're just not your demographic. Which yep. is true because a person was of a significant age that was not our bracket. Yeah. So I'm like, I just don't internalize it. Um, I feel like when feedback comes from somebody who I know is a bruncher or somebody who like does podcasts or like who's been successful in the podcast I don't take it personal I'm like oh they want to help us they want to see us grow but when it comes from an outsider side I'm like what do you know and I'm not there I'm not for you like and I don't want to be for you so I just chalk it up as that like we have our dem- we we are aware of who our demographic is and I feel like when you are a creator and you're aware of your demographic, your people, your tribe, or whatever you want to call them, um, it's easier to thrive and forget the negativity. And not saying that, you know, some things don't get to you. We have been very lucky, I will say, that we don't get as much hate at the moment mm-hmm. as I thought we probably but we still are a small but mighty podcast. Um, and I feel like because the community lifts us up so much that once we start get like, you know, when, once we reach our full potential and people start um, start their stuff, it's not really going to affect me. Um, Like, you know, it would in the beginning. But yeah, I feel like it's not going to because I just feel like I'm just so sure of myself. And the people who want to see me grow, that's all that matters to listen to period i agree with everything you say and i'll add like if you ain't got no haters you ain't popping like if you really don't got nobody saying you know anything about you it's a good chance that like you aren't reaching enough people it's like to me i feel like it's literally nothing you can do in the whole wide world to not give you haters no matter what Mm -hmm. you are going to have a hater so it's just like when you think about it like that why even be concerned um you have to you owe it to yourself to do what you want to do unapologetically and i'm like am i i think i've gone through so much of trying to satisfy other people that i am so religiously dedicated to what i want to do and feel in freedom because i feel Mm -hmm. like this is my life and I deserve to do what I want to do. Like I'm not bothering nobody. I'm not hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. And this is our space where we get to be unrestricted. So I I choose to like, well, one, like Sabrina said, I don't think we have many haters, which is a beautiful thing Two, Um, if I sense hate and energy, I just feel like, what do you know? One monkey don't stop no show. And then most importantly, I think that, 
um, the people who support us, um, like the people like you who say that they listen to things more than once, I feel like that's more than enough reasons to keep going. Like you just have to kind of outweigh like your impact with a negative thought. Like that's just their opinion. That's all it is. It's just their opinion. They don't like something. Okay. I don't, I don't like a lot of stuff and it still exists and people still thrive despite my opinion. And to me, that shows that they're ready. I feel like when you are ready, you, the haters just won't matter at all. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like the people who love us make more noise, like their voices are louder. Yeah, exactly. So much louder. Um, the next question, do you think it's better to outsource editing if you can afford it? absolutely hell so, yeah so like the good news is sabria and i usually do this podcast straight through no mistakes like i feel like that's 95 percent of the time no mistakes no editing needed but then there are five percent of the time where we like have something unexpected happen like um we have a a technical difficulty or there's something really loud in the background or we realize we've said something that we probably are not comfortable with sharing online like sometimes i will call somebody's name (laughs) like we need that (laughs) the one time i did try to do some editing type stuff by myself it was very tedious because i don't have that background so i will say if you are a techie if you're somebody that has full faith in your tech like abilities and you have the time, you can absolutely do it. However, if you know somebody who's like, uh, even if they're an engineer for like singers, because that's what Eric does. Eric works with other rappers and singers, mm-hmm. and it's me, us plus a few other podcasts that he works with. But we were the first podcast that he started mm-hmm. to work with. I feel like it's way easier to one support somebody else who's trying to you know do do some hustles, accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Two, they get to like edit it for you, and then three, Eric gets to upload it because we upload on Wednesdays mm-hmm. when we're at work. So when we're at work, we can't, we don't always have the ability to step away from what we're doing to upload, to name, to do all the different things. So it's just like Eric's support makes, I mean, it's already hard, but having him makes it that much easier. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I would definitely say if you, if it's like, you know, in the budget and if you're not the te- the most techie type person outsource for sure hell yeah i agree with everything yvonne said because me my brain that was the worst editing i had to do it in school and i hated it i broke down every day after class (laughs) (laughs) um so the next question is which platform do you think is easiest to go viral on twitter for me I would definitely say to, uh, Twitter for Sabria. If you are good with, I'm not good at Twitter. Like I don't really know how to use it. If we're being completely honest, I just be on there laughing and talking to people I know, which is totally fine. But I feel like it's, if you like Sabria and you just like funny and 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 on the tw- on, if you can be funny on Twitter, you can go viral very easily. But I I really do feel like TikTok's algorithm. Um, allows you to go viral quite fast. But the thing is, the thing about TikTok is you go viral once and it's possible for you to never go viral again. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Twitter, I think that you can go, I think people are like an influx of people will follow you and then it's easier to kind of keep the momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, that's true. But yeah, it, I'm not too uh, te- uh, social media savvy though, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> 
And that's okay. Some days I wish I wasn't. Yeah, I, I just, I, I used to be better, but I've become worse and worse and worse over the years. <laughs> and I really can't wait to get to a point where I'm just like able to not say anything or just engage in a way that I don't look for any outcomes whatsoever. Like I love talking to like my mutuals on Twitter, on Twitter. This is why like I talk so much on like close friends uh, versus just like the regular speak. Cause I don't like engaging with people who don't understand my intention because I think people on Twitter don't get nuances at all. I've never seen a, a crowd of people who try to make everything black and white more than on Twitter. And it's very annoying to me. So I don't really know. It, it's just for those reasons, I feel like I got to be surface level with how I engage. Yeah, no, I agree. I would say yeah, I agree because I've caught I've been caught in the in the rapture before. <laughs> Not um, the rapture. But yep, I agree. But yeah, Twitter for me is crazy. I don't I literally not to sound like hey yeah I got it like that, but like I really don't even be trying. But it just happened. No, that's you definitely blessed in that way. I feel like you just it's natural. It's just natural. That's well. Yes. Um. So the next question. How do you balance podcasting with your normal nine to five as well as everything else I'm sure you guys have in your lives? And um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think two things. Well, one is that we do it together. So I think if you can have somebody reliable to do yeah. the podcast with, that's an accountability partner. That's teamwork. Like I remember Migos said that the best part about or no, it wasn't. It was Flatbush Zombies. It was either Migos or Flatbush Zombies. One mm-hmm. of those groups said that when they did a song, they only had to do one verse. So, but imagine if you're a solo artist, you got to do all three verses and mm-hmm. the bridge and the, and the chorus. Yeah. So it's like when you have someone to partner with some, some weeks, it's like the outline, the bulk of it, it comes from me. Some weeks, the bulk of it comes from Sabria. Most weeks is split. 50 50 with what we're talking about when i don't know what to talk about sabria got something top of her mind and i'm like, all right bet that's what we can talk about so i feel like doing it with somebody else is definitely um very helpful uh if you don't have a person to host a podcast with or to host a project with i'd say think about how you can like stockpile episodes or stockpile content so like like a lot of people i know that do um, podcast by themselves they'll interview a bunch of folks and then they'll have their content like created like a month in advance so that mm-hmm. they don't have to record every week with us doing live events or like you know pop culture hot topics a little bit more difficult for us mm-hmm. but still a thought um and another thing i'll say is the reason how i'm able to manage black girl brunch I was like, yes, it is a push. Yes, some days, like right now, like my eyes are super heavy and like I'm exhausted. But I'm like, I remember my why. Like this podcast is my escape. This podcast is the place where I get to be the quote unquote boss. Like in your real life or in your, your, your nine to five job, you more than likely can't do what you want. You can't, and, and I get it. Like, I'm not the boss there. Like, I'm just a worker bee here. Mm-hmm. But when but when it comes to this podcast, this is the space where I get to be innovative and do the things that, that I dream about. So I think that as long as the podcast is my wildest dreams, I will always make time for it because I'm like, this is my baby. Like, this is where 
I get to go to vent. This is where I get to go to. This is my playground, Mm -hmm. you know, so making your creative outlet your playground, you will run to it at the end of the day. You won't run away from it because you're like, I need this. I need this. Before Black Girl Brunch, I was in pain from never being able to share my opinion anywhere. So it's like the fact that I have a space to share is like this is like my medicine more than anything else. Not another task for me. Yeah, and it helps having a designated day. Like, I already know on Tuesdays how, like, I have to record the podcast, like, on Tuesdays. And, I like, that helps me get mentally ready because I'm somebody that I need, um, like, a, a, um, a routine. So, like, even, like, for instance, I, on Monday my new routine is I go to uh, well on first it starts the weekend Sunday laundry meal prep Monday I go to work I go to the gym after Tuesday I take it easy all the only thing that I'm like at the end of the day the only thing you have to do is record the podcast throughout the day throughout the day if you can add stuff to the note uh, because Tuesdays at my job and I work at the front desk it's like really chaotic like I felt bad because somebody was talking to me and I like drifted I was like texting Iman and somebody was like hello like it felt like you know um in movies and they'd be like earth to somebody I'm like oh I'm so sorry y'all but yeah so I'll try to add stuff to the outline throughout like the work day and I'm like this is the only thing I have to focus on is the podcast exactly exactly it's nice to just know like tuesdays is pocket and everybody in your life know everybody know what tuesdays means to me exactly because i say that and when at job interviews like before <laughs> like and when i'm at a job interview they're like oh is there anything i'm like on tuesdays i record my podcast but i don't really have to do that now because i work a, a nine to five so i don't have to do that because i get off at like a reasonable time but sometimes i like when we had was that last week was that last week or two weeks it was ago. a week before week, week before when we interviewed nicole like i had to let work know like i have to leave an hour early um i'm just not gonna take my lunch because i have something important and that was fine so i have been like fortunate enough to now but it was not always like this no it was not it was not always like Child. this but um because i used to have to request to like that was my off day tuesday um mm-hmm. And if I had to work, um, whoo boy, I was in trouble. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so having that like regiment, I feel like the only thing that I would say is a little hard for us is because we work and we have outside activities that we do so we don't go insane. It's like, for instance, um, like with the Patreon, we have to do like a quarterly because we are so busy with the stuff that we're doing um and i would say maybe like content for like the ins- like that's like stuff that we have to eventually like work on it's a little harder when it's just us two and we don't have like a team those yeah. are the things but the the um the actual like the show i feel like it's a little it's it is way more manageable because we already know on two like i already know i told i even told one of my coworkers last week i said because i always come to work an hour and a half early i'm like on wednesdays i'm probably just gonna come on time because i'm gonna be more than likely up later because i do podcasts or right. i'm gonna be like more tired because i do the podcast so i feel like i'm already mentally prepared to do it and it's already like in a routine so i feel like that makes it a bit easier 
I agree. I agree. Definitely having like the day and also this, we've been doing this for like years at this point. Mm-hmm. Tuesday will never be the same for me. <laughs> it's just like Tuesday is going to always be that day. Yeah. Um, how do you guys stay inspired and consistent? I think it definitely connects for me the why like Sabria messaged today like I need the podcast event tonight I need it so it's like I feel like that that comes from the fact that we wanted to do black girl brunch not because we wanted to like talk just talk not because I feel like some people truly just like the sound of their own voice I think me and Sabria recognize like okay we're being left out of some conversations our perspectives are never shared anywhere. People are not talking about the things we want to talk about. And we, we felt like our conversations meant something more to, than just like, oh, two conversations between friends. Like we felt like we could open it up. And like I don't think we necessarily knew we could create any type of community or had as much direction or clarity as we do now. But I think that that was how the podcast was, podcast was birthed. And just like anything else, whether it's veganism or a podcast, like when something is created with a strong why, it's always easy to co- go back there to stay inspired and to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the why is a big reason for me, but also another reason is just like I, I see a bright future for us and I really have faith in us. And I feel like the only way you can you can get to where you want to be is through consistency. And I think we have been rewarded for our consistency in many different ways. Like there have been so many grand milestones for like me personally, like even talking to Nicole Marquis like two weeks ago, I, we wouldn't have been able to approach her a few weeks ago and just be like, hey, um, can you be on our podcast? She would have been like, who are y'all? We had to work to get to that point and like certain partnerships that we've been doing. And that's not even mentioned to mention what's to come. So what keeps me inspired is like the, the fact that the, the future I have for myself has never been like something really concrete. It's always been something like that is really hard for me to define. And I'm like, this podcast seems like it is the bridge. Like this is going to get us where we want to be all my dreams, goals related to this podcast. But guess what? Dreams don't, you know, work. People do like you have to go to work to get it. So I'm like the fact that I show up here every night to me, it's it's just like you deserve what you're asking for because you're putting the work in. Yeah. And also for me, I always wanted to be like, um, I always wanted to inspire young girls or like help young. I never wanted to forget my youth Mm -hmm. and like I'm still young obviously but I like I feel like when I was a teenager or when I was in my early 20s it was like women that I wanted to confide in who were like in their 30s or women that were in their 40s and like that I worked with I feel like like not to be like that but I feel like they like hated on me or Mm -hmm. like just be like oh you just a young girl dreaming that's not gonna happen and that upset me and I didn't feel like like okay I'm not gonna lie I did say stuff like oh this old bitch is hating (laughs) but at the very core it hurt my feelings because I always wanted that like you know connection with the older woman like you know helping me um in some capacity and hearing like girls in their early 20s 
um like say that they like listening to us and like we've helped them and stuff even though like you know I know for myself I don't feel like I'm I'm nowhere near where I want to be that is so inspiring because like I wish that I feel like if I had somebody like me and I like you know I feel like I wouldn't have been scared to like do certain things and that's why like I always want to be on here and be like do this like don't feel bad that you're like not you know because like you know with podcasts now a big thing is people talk about dating relationships and they talk about it in a way that's so isolating like if you are somebody who is like you know a very strong woman who you know stand 10 toes down in your beliefs or somebody who like you know um, being aware of politics mean a lot to you and like you um are very like inclusive like you know those podcasts and stuff can feel very alienating and like you could just feel like oh like what the hell or like I'm so behind in this and that's why like you know when we talk about certain things I just want to like you know be a voice of reason or like just helping like young girls feel like you're not weird for you know being stagnant or you're not weird for like not dating and focus on your studies and stuff like that absolutely absolutely like I just feel like we need a voice for girls like us like just girls like us and even just navigating through high school and college I know that it may seem so normal to be the way you are but then when you go to seek friendships it's not as easy Mm -hmm. you feel like an eyeball especially as a black girl because like if you're not like a black girl who like you know, can check all the boxes, like do double dutch, know how to braid hair. Like you're not the, I don't want to say the typical black girl, but if you're not that, if you don't have that typical black girl experience, it could be isolating. So for me, it was very important to like show up as just ourselves and, and not feel, and should have a different representation. Like this is a normal black girl. Like we like different things. We are allowed to like show up differently and just, like you said, don't make people feel bad in any way for just who they are and for how they show up exactly that part right so the next question (laughs) is um any advice for young black creators um i would just say don't feel boxed in do not feel boxed in like okay I gotta appeal I gotta do it for the culture and I gotta appeal to this and I gotta be everybody's hero like in some ways I just eliminate the fact that you're black and just show up how you want to and that's the best way to, to represent black people quote unquote you know what I mean like don't feel the pressure to be what everybody wants you to be because that is oppressive if as a black person you can't create from the space of this is what I like this is what I want this is what I'm inspired by if you feel like I have to you know follow Oprah's footsteps because I'm a black you don't have to do anything you need to create from a space of authenticity so I would say like tap into you first and and make your work about you and who fuck with it is who fuck with it and who don't is who don't and I can promise you that you're going to create your best work that way exactly and also like if it feel like if it feels right for you then it is right for you like don't try to pivot 
to seem more marketable because that's a very hard thing especially if you are somebody that's socially aware like just don't like just try not to lead by fear but to lead by freedom period and it's freedom (laughs) period that's what it is it's so freeing to just be like yeah this is what i believe fuck it yeah and i'm not carrying the weight of all black women on my shoulders uh, when I say what I say, you know, yes, sometimes we're going to speak on behalf of our like sisters, obviously, but that's not your goal is to recorrect every, you know, racism or to, it's just not, that's too heavy of a load to carry. So mm-hmm. I would just say to black creators to create from a space of authenticity and like, let your mind wander, like don't feel trapped in any way by you know society's expectations or anybody's expectations in your life that you know personally because that can also be a problem um the next question is how are you guys so funny (laughs) i don't i i think i've come from a funny family yep both my parents are funny um and i was always means of entertainment as a child for my mom so I just feel like that. Also, I I'm a very um I pay attention to a lot of stuff. So like I feel like I'm good at like observational comedy type things, and also I like to just bring silly goofy energy. So maybe that's how. But yeah, I just can't. Because I didn't realize how funny people thought I was until I, like, like, I knew I was funny in high school, like, in all schools I went to. But once I went, vi- once I went viral, like, a, a lot of times, I'm like, oh, I guess I really am funny. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... That's such a funny question to ask. That's why I'm, like, laughing. Because I'm, like, trying to think of, like, why... How are we funny? Like, I definitely was laughed at when I was a kid. Nah, they oh, that laughing. too. They wasn't laughing uh, with me. They was laughing at me. So, I didn't think that I was, like, really that funny uh, growing up. Like, I actually was scared to tell a joke because, like, sometimes people will withhold laughs if they don't like you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you're not, like, a fan favorite in a group, like, people won't la- laugh. But I do come from a very funny family. Mm-hmm. And so I think I knew always knew what was funny. And I was always known for laughing when I was a kid. Like, I would, like, watch Same. something and I would laugh so hard that everybody around me would be laughing at me because I was I would be crying and you know just laughing really hard so I was always known for laughing a lot and um I always liked to be silly with people but I think as I got older just my delivery people always thought like what I was saying was funny and also I'm somebody that like to keep a joke going I don't like I don't never like the joke to end I want to keep the joke going forever and I just feel like it's I don't want to say I'm, I'm definitely very childlike in the way that I I always want to joke. Like, sometimes I get around other adults and I'm like, y'all are so serious. Like, y'all really love seriousness. <laughs> y'all love bills and taxes and audits <laughs> and just, like, y'all love seriousness. But, like, at the core, I think me and Sabria are both like, I'm just a girl. Like, we really are... <laughs> 
tapped out of like society and like in in a world of like laughs. I think when I met Sabria, my goofiness went to another level because nobody really got my sense of humor before. Like I thought people I think people thought like they laughed at me as a girl, you funny. But like me and Sabria would be I'm like, oh no, you get it. Like we would be on IM laughing at pictures, laughing <laughs> at like emoticons, like la- watching movies laughing, watching Comedy Central laughing, sending each other YouTube clips laughing it was like one of our classmates literally nicknamed us giggly one and giggly two (laughs) that's how much we used to giggle like we would do michael jackson impressions we would like make up scenarios about teachers we would people watch and create whole lives for people in the park like it just it has been i think our funniness together has been brewing up since like for the last what 15 years damn we only know almost knew each other for 20 years at this point so it's just like that almost made me throw up sorry but yeah (laughs) i think it's been natural and also like in order to be funny you have to have a safe space to say chaotic things Mm -hmm. and know that somebody is going to think it's funny so then you start getting crazier and crazier because (laughs) you know that like if you say it that person is not going to they they going to encourage you to be nuts. So I think uh think a key to being funny is one just it has to be natural. Um but two like you have to have somebody that makes you feel safe enough cuz sometimes if I start telling jokes around people and that energy is strict, I'm like, "All right, that's enough jokes for you. You don't get any more." <laughs> no more jokes. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> and the final questions. I know you guys started YouTube a while back and kind of stopped. Did mm-hmm. you like YouTube? Was did you feel like YouTube was oversaturated or was it just like too much for you guys? That last part, too much, and it's not us, it's just not, it's crazy because I love YouTube down the house boots. Okay, I'm a YouTuber, I love YouTube, I pay for YouTube, I love it so much, but I'm just not. Yeah, you love YouTube, I love YouTube. So, I'm literally after we get off of here, I'm gonna get in the shower and I'm gonna put a YouTube video on, I'm gonna sleep, but it's just not. It's not for us. Like, we start acting different. Like, we start talking <laughs> different. We start being like, hey. Like, we just, it be weird. So, yeah. And it's crazy because, like, I see the podcasters with the clips. And I'm like, damn, this is such a great way to grow, you know, to have these clips and these videos. But I just, again, I want it to be us. And maybe I'm manifesting that like one day in the future, we can get a podcast set up where we literally can ignore the cameras and we can get somebody to upload it on YouTube. For me, it was just too much energy with uh, one, we would get off of work. We would look a fucking mess, right? (laughs) Nobody wanted to be on camera because we looked horrible. Like, we literally was coming from full days of shitty work days, right? And then on top of that, we would um, uh, be self-conscious because there's a big camera on fr- in front of us. Because we was recording in Eric's house, a.k.a. his home studio. Um, and our lighting, like, could have been better. Like, we just weren't, like, the setting wasn't all the way that it needs to be. And then it was just, like, another level of, like, uploading a video to YouTube. So I know some people upload the podcast to YouTube, but I feel like some days we're barely just getting here to do it. So it's like, 
that is a challenging part when you start a project, always thinking about all the things you could be doing. Like you could be, you know, on TikTok, you could be having a social media strategy, you could be emailing people, you could have a website, you could have merch, you could have partnered with Coachella, you could have been at the Met Gala, you could have done a lot. But the bottom line is like, you're not going to be able to do it all. And so you have to prioritize what's most important to you and make sure the bread and butter is good. Like this is really chaotic, right? But I always think of like... Y'all, just, just hear me out here. There's the Sierra framework, right? Where you're somebody who does all the glitz and the glamour, but at the very core, sometimes the your, your craft is not where it needs to be. I think of Sierra when I think of that. Sierra's at every event. She's beautiful. She's always releasing music, but it's just like, it's something about the content that's not like getting anywhere yeah. but then there's the lauren hill right lauren hill don't got no videos don't got no this no <laughs> that no that she don't she show blade tour shows you know blah blah <laughs> but her craft is solid her mm. craft is 100 and i feel like me and sabria are at the lauren hill st <laughs> stage right now no we don't do all the extra stuff but the content is solid the, it's there it's genuine but the i think aspirational for it should be for everybody is to Beyonce to be Beyonce mm -hmm. when you got it all in order. The content is right. Your um social media is together. You got packages, you got merch, you got this. But the thing is, Beyonce wasn't built in a day. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to keep your craft strong first and then continue to work towards YouTube and have faith that like we will have a team one day. Mm -hmm. Like I manifest a black girl brunch office some days. I'm like, we're gonna have kombucha, we're gonna have a kombucha fountain in our office like i manifest things like this one day i right. manifest that we will have a studio i manifest that we will have all the things we want the one reason i wish we did do youtube is because it is a goal of mine to become a host one day and i don't feel like i'm exercising that muscle i feel like in order to become a host people have to see you on camera and like i haven't been on camera so I've been thinking about ways to do that, but I also want to be cognizant of the fact that that's not a direction that Sabria wants to go in necessarily. So it's like, how can I get that in another way or how can we figure it out? I think the workaround has been like what we do on Patreon because that's always like camera on, we're engaging with people. And yes, that feels like a, the the middle ground for now. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> so that's, that's it um we hope you answered we hope we answered your question and we hope that this uh all these questions were helpful to others who may not have originally asked them um if you all have more please reach out to us on the socials you can find us on instagram at black girl brunch you can find us on twitter at blk girl brunch email us at blackgirlbrunch at gmail.com you can find me personally on instagram and tiktok at imamate you can find me on twitter at itsmate and sabria and you can find me at itsfrankenfem on tiktok and instagram and frankenfem underscore on twitter all right y'all that's the show bye peace